This is Cultivating Convos with the Ohio Department of Agriculture. And it's fun to have everyone else kind of get a little insight into what we do. Farmland forever. Actually, that was the next question I was going to ask you. Shelby, <laughs> let's wrap <laughs> this thing up. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Cultivating Convos. Uh, Brian, making an appearance this week again, a guest appearance. It's always nice when I get, you know, it's like I'm sitting in the bullpen or something for the baseball fans. And so you don't know if you're going to be called up that game, but uh, here I am once I am. I need the, uh, the, we need theme music for each of us. I know, please, please work on your theme music for the next time we call you up for the minors. (laughs) Exactly. I, I can't wait. I love it. I love it. Uh, busy week. Wow, have we been having a busy week here at ODA. You know, I, I know it's a joke in our office that I will often say I've lost control of my week or I've lost control of my day. But yeah, couldn't be truer than it is this week. <laughs> We've just had so much going on. And, you know, we got to start this week with something that was really cool. And you were down there for it. Yeah, so there is uh, Cristo Rey Columbus High School, and they have a fantastic program. You know, if you think back to when you were in school, you probably just sat and looked at a chalkboard. Mm-hmm. Are chalkboards still used or overhead projectors? <laughs> I, who knows? Anyway, this uh, the school really emphasizes, you know, that that real world experience, that work study program. Mm-hmm. And so we were really honored to welcome four students from Cristo Rey Columbus High School that will be spending uh, their school years coming to ODA's campus and working in either one of our labs or in our uh, IT, Information Technology Department. And they seem really excited. I know our staff is excited and it seems like everyone really wins with this partnership. Yeah, it's such a great experience. and It's just such a great experience that these students get to do this. And uh, they even had a draft day. And I don't know if you saw the video from draft day, but it's it's where they find out where they're going. And I, uh, oh my gosh, it was, I mean, there was just applause and cheering and it was a really fun event for those kids. And uh, they got lab coats that day, which is pretty cool. I don't know if I was in high school and I walked out, you know, wearing a lab coat after that, I'd be pretty, pretty pumped. So completely. Our our HR staff was so excited. They were waiting outside, like in the parking lot for them. I didn't get that on my first day. I I didn't either. Oh, man. So, yes, we welcome those students. We're so excited uh, that that they're here. So. All right. Um, In another world here in ODA over in uh, plant health, we're having kind of a I don't want to say a reemergence, but uh, one of our invasive pests is is making headlines again so that is what we're talking about this week spotted lanternfly you've probably been hearing it week after week and it is a big deal we have some big guests with us today shelby joining us from cleveland metro parks is dr connie hausman did i say that did i get it right okay Okay, she is the Senior Conservation Science Manager with Cleveland Metro Parks. And joining us as well, Jonathan Shields, who is the Ohio Department of Agriculture Plant Pest Inspection Supervisor. Thank you both for being with us today. Happy to be here. Sure. So obviously we're talking spotted lanternfly, three words that are very, I mean, sorry, three letters that are very bothersome, SLF. (laughs) That's what we call it around here. So uh, we'd really like to start just, Jonathan, just give us a brief overview for those who don't know what SLF is and, you know, what the big problem is with it. Sure. So spotted lanternfly is an invasive uh, pest. It, it's native to Asia. 
and uh, it feeds on sap of a lot of different host plants. Um, and the the main reason that we're concerned about it as a you know the Ohio Department of Agriculture is that uh, one of its favorite hosts is grapevine, and uh, by feeding. Uh, it produces a lot of waste and that waste we call it honeydew it lands on the leaves and it attracts a sooty mold and when that sooty mold is on the plant then basically the the fruits from those plants are not usable so um it creates a real problem for people who are uh have vineyards for people who are orchard growers um and it's it's generally a, a nuisance pests to be around because in areas where the infestation is at a really high level, these things congregate in big numbers. And um, recently there have been some news stories uh, uh, from the East Coast where people are talking about spotted lanternfly in New York City and Philadelphia, where they've seen really big surges in the population. Ooh, I don't like a negative connotation with honeydew. That's that's it's our, our favorite melon in 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 our household but uh that's interesting i had actually never uh heard the exact science as to why it was the problem so thank you very much and obviously we have the ohio wines uh, housed here at oda so it's a we know what a huge concern it is for the wine industry here in ohio which uh which is booming right now so uh dr hausman why don't you just explain to us i mean we know your area it has been spotted up there and I know you you all have been very vigilant so just kind of talk to us a little bit about that yeah so for us Bible lantern fly takes a little bit different story and so while we appreciate the regulatory implications and the need uh, to control this non-native pest and the impact it has on our agricultural uh, economy and um, to our partners with ODA uh, for us it's about managing the integrity of our natural uh, landscapes and the green space uh, within and around Northeast Ohio. And so we um, manage our lands in a way that thoughtfully incorporates uh, forest health and condition. So we're mitigating stressors um, from all angles. And Spotted Lanternfly presents a new angle for us uh, and one that we have we're on high alert about um, because it does have so many different host species. Um, and the interface of, a, of an exotic pest that can build population numbers to outbreak capacities um, then can also not only uh, compromise the integrity of, of some of our native tree species and plant species, um, but also just the enjoyment of the park system. You know, when the numbers are so large that it potentially compromises uh, our park visitors' ability to enjoy the parks and recreate um, because of, you know, this this new invasive pest that all of a sudden now is is interrupting the family picnic. It's uh, also a level of concern. Dr. Hausman, I was going to ask, we know there's other diseases that can affect trees and flora and fauna and there's other pests out there. Is spotted lanternfly, is it public enemy number one for the metro parks or is that <laughs> something else? Well, um, the, there's a variety of things that compromise the integrity of our forest that we're concerned with. The issue with spotted lanternfly is because it's so new. So the public enemy number one, um, that's pretty aggressive. But for us, early detection, 
gives us the opportunity to have rapid response. And so we've been doing a lot of effort to educate our staff, um, our naturalist staff, our park operations, as well as our visitors and our volunteers. Um, we engage a lot of our volunteer network to help us do forest health inventory projects, and they are early eyes on the ground to help identify uh, the key host species, Tree of Heaven for spotted lanternfly, and um, provide that early detection um, reporting that we need for new locations across our park system. Jonathan, why don't you uh, tell us about the actual infestations that have been confirmed and kind of the latest news in, in that area? Sure, so uh, the first infestation uh, that was found in the United States was in Pennsylvania in Berks County. That was back in 2014. Um, but the first time that we found it in Ohio uh, was in 2021, and it was in Jefferson County in a town called Mingo Junction, which is uh, right on the river, right on the border with West Virginia. Um, and uh, it's an area where there's a lot of um, a lot of railroad traffic, a lot of uh, movement of freight by rail, and uh, railroads are really one of the the top ways that this thing can get around. So um, the spotted lanternfly lays its egg masses on a variety of surfaces. You know, in a natural setting, it would be laying the egg masses on trees. Um, but, you know, in, in disturbed environments where Tree of Heaven, which is its number one host, is found, um, a lot of times you also have modes of transportation like rail, like highways. And uh, rail traffic has been a, a real common thing that we found in areas where spotted lanternfly has been found. So um, Mingo Junction in Jefferson County was our first find in Ohio. Um, and then there have been a number of finds, um, many of which are adjacent to rail in Cuyahoga County. Um, and then uh, we've had a few other um, catches that we've had in traps or uh, detections of very small populations and we don't know yet if they're established uh, populations that are reproducing but um, you know uh, some of those have been found in rest areas on highways coming into the state um, where we've had traps set up um, because they're high risk locations so um, those are kind of the things that we're looking really closely at is this uh, these transportation hubs um, you know, rest areas on highways, uh, rail yards, um, it, the interstate highway system in general, um, you know, it, a lot of places where there's movement of people and machines and those kinds of things, uh, that's where the risk really lies. And we know, I mean, obviously, just because we have a border on our state, Spotted Lanternfly doesn't know that. And we, I, I know you all work very closely with the states around us to keep an eye on, you know, I mean, obviously Cleveland, you all are very close to Michigan, Pennsylvania, I mean, both. So talk to us a little bit about what's going on in those other states and kind of how that affects us here. Yeah, so um, Pennsylvania has had a pretty extensive uh, infestation that, Again, they were the first find in the country, but um, you know, if you look at maps from 
Pennsylvania's infestations, you can see a, a, a spread coming out from Berks County and following some of these transportation uh, methods. And it's it's expanded to uh, basically the eastern half of Pennsylvania uh, being pretty heavily infested. Uh, so they have a pretty large program addressing it, uh, identifying where uh, spotted lanternfly can be found and um, doing treatments in some of the more sensitive areas. Uh, Michigan just announced their first find of spotted lanternfly in uh, kind of the Detroit suburbs and the county outside of Detroit. So, um, you know, this is something that uh, is very, it's very adept at hitchhiking on these transportation modes. Um, so it's something that we really have to keep our eyes peeled, um, you know, and educate as many people as possible so that they know what to look for. And the education part was just brought up, Connie. What do you want Ohioans and people that go to the Cleveland Metro Parks to, to know and what role can they play in helping? That's a great question, and I, I wouldn't even restrict it to just Cleveland Metro Parks boundaries um, to the same point that that Shelby just made. Um, we work and collaborate in a regional space, and we recognize the connectivity um, between Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Chicago. Um, you know, the, the legacy of our industrial revolution is, is well-worn and established on our landscape. And so we have to be mindful about that space. Um, and so for us in 2020 is actually when we first started doing uh, early surveys for Tree of Heaven and Spotted Lanternfly, because we knew that it had just been found outside of Pittsburgh at a rail yard. Um, so tracking those rail yards, then we found the closest proximity uh, to our park system when we started those early surveys. And so it's not just, um, and, and we share that information. I guess I should say, you know, uh, in Northeast Ohio, we have an organization called LEAP. It's the Lake Erie Allegheny Partnership. And so we share with all of the other conservation-minded agencies in our region how to be proactive and how to be mindful and watchful for these emerging pests and pathogens. And so the information that, that we gather, we willingly and cooperatively share so that uh, we all leverage um, the minimal resources that we have uh, to try to track down you know, where this, this highly invasive pest exists. Are there certain times of year that, uh, that this could be a potentially worse problem? Uh, so the, the life cycle of spotted lanternfly, uh, the nymphs which is kind of like the larval stage of the of the insect uh, they start to be found kind of early in the summer and they go through several instars which is where they molt and they grow um, and there's a there's a transformation that happens uh, from the nymph to the adult kind of in the in the later part of the summer and so now what we would find would be almost entirely adults and the adults will be mating soon. They will start to lay these egg masses that I mentioned. Um, and so those can be things that people can look for a uh, little later in the summer into the fall. And the egg masses look, uh, when they're fresh, kind of like silly putty. That's about, you know, an inch wide by an inch and a half to two inches long. Um, and like I said, it can be stuck on the side of a tree. It can be stuck on rusty metal. Uh, can be basically any surface um, 
you know, that they can find, they'll they'll put their egg masses on it. And again, that's one of the reasons that it gets moved around is because, um, you know, some of those surfaces that they'll put their egg masses on have wheels. And there, it's a pretty distinct looking insect. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, adult spotted lanternfly that you can see right now, um, it has kind of an outer wing that's gray and has some spots on it, and it looks almost lacy black on the ends of those outer wings. And when it opens up its wings, there's an inner set of wings that have uh, really bright red markings and some and some more dark spots on those. So uh, they stand out for sure. Um, and if folks see them, we would really like for them to report them. Um, a lot of places are suggesting that people should smash them when they find them. Um, that's fine, but we would ask that they they take a picture at the very least. Um, if they're able to catch it, that's even better, uh, especially in an area where we don't know spotted lanternfly is. Uh, we want to have a sample that we can confirm that it is in fact spotted lanternfly, not a lookalike, um, not something else that people might confuse for spotted lanternfly. And it it's really easy to report it. We have a, a reporting tool on our website. Uh, so if you go to agri.ohio.gov slash pests, it'll take you right to a page where at the bottom of the page, there's a link to report a pest that you find. Um, and it's a really simple form that you fill in. Um, it, it collects all your information, your contact information, where you found it, um, and there's a place to um, upload a photo. Again, if you can take a photo, that really helps us with confirming that it is spotted lanternfly. Um, so that's a really useful tool, and we'd recommend people use that for reporting. It's a shame. It really is a pretty bug. Like, it's really pretty. <laughs> it's, it's a shame it does so much damage. Yeah, you know, I'm, I guess it didn't ask to come here. It's just kind of been opportunistic, right? Um, <laughs> And, and Connie mentioned, you know, our global economy, and that's why we deal with these invasives so, so frequently. Um, and interestingly enough, its number one host here is invasive also. Mm -hmm. So Tree of Heaven, um, you know, is another invasive species, and uh, it happens to grow in disturbed environments, especially like along these transportation corridors. So uh, Partners that's in crime, that's what we yep. have here. <laughs> Indeed. Connie, and just one more thing. I mean, Jonathan brought up what to do if you think you see one. Is that the same process you would like people to take if they think they see one within the metro parks? Nothing really looks like spotted lanternfly as far as a lookalike or, or concern. Uh, like Jonathan mentioned, when it's in the egg mass form, it's pretty cryptic. Um, but the, the more important message is the more eyes on the ground that we have, the more thoughtful, passionate people that we have in our communities being proactive to try to identify locations and report that information to ODA is really important. We can't do anything to help manage or mitigate this situation if we don't know where it exists. Very true, very true. Well, thank you both so much for being on. We know what an important subject this is, so uh, we, we really greatly appreciate it. And once again, everyone out there, if um, you see it, you think you see this bug, definitely report it. We need to know about it. Absolutely. So thank you, Connie, and thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Shelby. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So, Brian, uh, you know, I talked about my 
week getting away from me. Uh, so yesterday I was I was on the road all day, which you know it, that it tends to happen. Your emails pile up, but I wouldn't have traded yesterday's trip for the world because uh, Director Palanda and I went up to Geauga County and so help celebrate their bicentennial 200 years of a county fair it's amazing that's awesome all right so was it just last week megan and i were talking about sis sister centennial, sister centennial. or john smiley's 250 mm -hmm. years of being on the same farm one family so bicentennial that is pretty impressive just think about all the people that have been on those fairgrounds during that time having fun it's amazing. They talked a little bit about the history and just had some cool little nuggets. So uh, so this leads into what we're going to do next week. We are going to talk to some folks from the great Geauga County Fair and we'll be let in on some of those nuggets and just how they've lasted so long and, you know, how how they became the oldest county fair in Ohio. Sounds great. Can't wait. And I think that wraps things up for this week, right? It does. We'll see everybody back here next week. Cultivating Convos is created by ODA's communications team. Make sure to hit subscribe to get the latest episodes in your feed and like ODA on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for up-to-date news about agriculture in Ohio.